Well, hello to my world of podcasters out there. I know it has been forever and a day since I've made an episode, but something that I set the intention of with my podcast originally was that I don't want to produce episodes on schedule or just to check off the box. I really only want to share something if I feel like it would be helpful or honestly, even if it's just something I'm walking through that I feel like God has called me to share. And so that being said, the past six months have been the most refining, the most challenging, the most honestly struggle-filled seasons of my life. Um, I've probably done more growing and more stretching in the last six months than I have in my entire life collectively. So (laughs) it's been so good, but so exhausting. And I've learned so many different pieces of, you know, this puzzle that we call life. And I have a list of seriously like 20 things that I want to cover in my next podcast. And I'm procrastinating some other work. So I'm sitting at my kitchen table right now and just decided to whoop this out. Um, I have no script. I have no agenda. But something that I've been researching very heavily for personal reasons and reasons that I want to contribute to my friends in is this idea that I'm not going to give away yet. um, But it has completely transformed my business, my entire life some of my friends' lives that I feel like I've been able to share them with. And of course, it's a personal journey, but it's something that until you're aware of it, you just really don't know that it's a problem. Um, And so let me preface it by saying, I think a lot of people think that the reason that they don't go after big, scary goals and what they say that they want, or maybe um, what they're saying, you know, writing on paper that they want is fear of failure. And the more research I've done and the more I've delved into it, I really don't think that, and maybe I'm wrong, (laughs) this goes back to one of my first episodes where I talked about um, how people genuinely think differently and have different perspectives, which has been a wild concept for me to wrap my head around, but I genuinely don't believe that anyone truly operates from a place of fear of failure. And here's a quote to kind of back it up and kind of summarize everything that I'm going to try to say. The quote is, you have everything that you want. And if you didn't, you would do something about it. I totally butchered it. Um, But you get the point. Like the idea is that if you're saying you want something, but your life isn't at that point yet, you really don't want it. And there's something deeper that's holding you back from it. And I personally don't believe that it's a fear of failure. Um, Instead, I truly believe that if you don't have what you're saying you want, it's actually because a fear that you will actually be successful in your pursuits of achieving whatever it is. And I know that sounds really, really weird, but hang with me for a second. Okay, so the question that I've been asking myself with literally everything in my life recently is, hypothetically speaking, if this goal were to come true, what would terrify me about that? And I know that sounds weird because you're like, Alyssa, nothing. Like, that's exactly what I want. I, you know, I want to have that apartment. I want to have this family. I want to hit this goal with my business, whatever it is. Um, But... I truly, 
I truly believe y'all that if you really wanted it and there wasn't some level of fear that comes with achieving whatever goal that was, that you would have it. You would have had it years ago, um, the minute that you set your intention on it, quite frankly. And let me give you an example that I hope can make it a little bit clearer. Okay, let's say at your job, you're like, okay, down the road, I really want to get this promotion. I really, for my goals, I really want to be earning X number of dollars per month or whatever it is. You have some type of end goal within your career, within the company that you're working at, and you want to get that promotion. However, even though you might not recognize it, there might be a part of you that's afraid that maybe you're not ready for that promotion. Maybe you're not um, qualified enough to perform the duties of that promotion. And so while you're telling yourself, oh, that's my end goal, that's where I want to be two years from now, this is what I need to do in order to get there, which might be, you know, working really hard, double checking all your work, getting there early, staying late, developing relationships with the people that you work with at um, your company. You know it might be those things, but then there's this disconnect between what you're telling yourself, I need to start doing this, I need to get to the office an hour before everyone and stay an hour later, but something always comes up, there's an excuse, you don't feel like it, you're tired, and you're telling yourself you really, really want this end goal, but the actions are not lining up, and I say all this to try to relieve some of the pressure that sometimes I feel like we put on ourselves and we're like, why am I not performing? Like, why am I not sticking through with what I said I'm going to do? And I think it goes a lot deeper than like just having discipline, which is a lot of times what it gets chalked up to. We just told, hey, like you need to just show up regardless, which is true. But I really like to get to the heart of things and figure out why there's that disconnect. Like it's 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 for a reason and yes you can just muster your way painfully through life and you know technically get everything you want that way but you might resent it at the end of the day even if you do achieve what you set out so it's kind of pointless in my opinion so i really like to go deep and figure out like why there is that resistance and then Quite frankly, if you can figure that out, you're going to get from point A to point B a lot quicker with a lot more fun, a lot more joy, a lot less pressure. Um, and so I think it's really, really important to, you know, make those connections and see why am I not doing what I wanted, what I say I want to do? What am I really afraid of? And so I want to give a personal example and I have quite a few because like I said, the past six months have been crazy and I've just had to do so much digging and this has been a major part of it. So the first fear, which is honestly the least deep of them all that I came across was my fear that I was going to be tired. And I know that sounds hilarious, but if you know anything about Enneagram 5s, basically their whole life is driven by their fear that they're going to be depleted and not have enough energy or go without or not be able to survive. Um, and so I think on paper, or I was telling myself, okay, Alyssa, I really want to achieve this goal with my business, this X number of dollars per month, um, whatever it was, but, and I knew what I needed to be doing every single day to be reaching that goal down the road. 
However, there was always some level of resistance as I kept getting closer and closer to it. It was almost, this is where, this is another really good indicator that this is what you're struggling with. The closer you get to achieving that goal, the more that fear of success instinct kicks in because your body and your mind want to keep you safe. So if they perceive some threat on the other side of whatever your goal is, they're going to start self-sabotaging even more and more as you get closer. So for me, that would look like, okay, I know I need to do X, Y, Z with my business every single day in order to achieve that goal three months from now. And I would get on a really good kick. I would start to see massive progress in my business. It was just going leaps and bounds. And although I wouldn't consciously acknowledge this or tell myself this, I would be, you know, excited on a, on a conscious level, but there was some level of me that was like, oh my gosh, what if I achieve that goal with my business? And then I don't have the energy to maintain it for the next five years or whatever that is. Um, and as soon as I realized this, that I was operating from a place of fear and self-sabotaging the very actions that I knew I needed to do to achieve my goals, I was able to tape, take a step back and question what I was believing as truth. And this could be a whole other podcast topic, but something that I've been really, really into recently is literally just questioning everything that we've accepted as truth. And um, I'm going to totally butcher this quote, but uh, the, I'm not even going to try it. The gist of it is basically that from a young age, we've accepted things as truth just because that's what someone a long time ago said was the only way. And we accept it as a law of nature when in reality, it's not scripture, it's not gravity, it's not any law of science. It's just some arbitrary method that someone, you know, said was the absolute only way. And when we deviate from it, or I guess we assume there's no deviation from it. My favorite example of this is the 40 hour work week. Like what the actual heck (laughs) it makes no sense. Just think about how crazy it is that we all assume that every single job in America that uh, falls under the American dream umbrella takes roughly 40 hours a week. That literally makes no sense at all. That was one of the things that really drove me crazy about any of the jobs I had. They all operated on this 40 hour work week. And I'm someone who, this is totally going off a tangent and I'm so sorry, but (laughs) I'm someone who like, I would rather work a 60 hour work week. If it's just like, I'm super passionate. I'm on fire. I'm loving the work I'm doing. I'm getting to choose where I work, what hours of the day I work with whom I work versus like just having to fill a 40 hour work week because that's what we've been told to do. That wasn't necessarily the case in my most recent job because we were always working crazy hours. But, and then on the flip side, like you know there's jobs out there that only take 20 hours a week, but people have to hang out and be on the clock because that's the contract they signed for the remaining 20 hours rather than just getting their job done, doing it well, and getting to go live their life. Like that concept just absolutely drives me crazy. So anyways, that is the perfect example of something that we've just kind of accepted as true and as the norm. And if you deviate from it, like you're not on a good path, you're not following the laws of nature, So anyways, bringing this back to my idea that I was afraid that I was going to be exhausted, I just had to question like, 
well, what, what would I be exhausted from? And then my answer was, okay, well, working late at night, no work-life balance, like always being hustling, blah, blah, blah. The list goes on. And so then I just had to t- take a step back and be like, why is that necessarily true? Is that a law of nature? And the answer is no, like absolutely not, especially This is just applicable to this one, especially in this day and age where there's so much technology, so many tools, so many resources that you can use to build the business that I was building and make things more efficient. And so I just had to get into a mindset where I was like, I'm going to just start implementing tools and strategies and setting up systems for my business to operate automatically right now before my business has achieved the level that I set forth in my goals. I need to start implementing those systems now so that I'm not afraid to achieve that level of success because it's not going to take more work. As a matter of fact, if I could hypothetically set up these systems, it would be a lot less work than what I'm doing now, which still like Arbonne, my business is very much part time. Um, And so anyways, all that to say, when I did that, I just started thinking out of the box, like, how can I automate this? How can I create a system for this? One of my favorite quotes that I actually just heard after I've been going through all of this learning with this fear of success was at our global training conference last month, I guess. No, it was this month. Sorry, time is flying. Um, But the quote was you are not going to rise to the level of your goals. You're going to fall to the level of your systems. The The enthusiasm and the passion that comes with your goals can literally only sustain you for like a couple days, maybe a week if you're a rock star, maybe a couple months if you're absolutely crazy like some people are. Um, that was kind of me in the beginning of my business. I was neurotic. But anyways, eventually, if you don't have good systems set up, you're going to fall to the level of whatever those systems are. And if you haven't set them up, that's a very low performance level. And so I ultimately just started doing a ton of research and brainstorming, really, really challenging the way that I had been doing every single thing in business and asking myself, is there a way I can make this more efficient and shave literally a matter of seconds out of this process for myself and for my organization? And it's been a crazy journey, you guys. I have, wow, like everything in my business is pretty much automated. Now I'm spending way less hours than I was spending before. And my income literally increased by 500% in a matter of months. So it's been so crazy. And it's not just because I I truly think 10% of it is because, oh, wow, I shaved some seconds here and that really allowed me to do more work, which brought in more income. No, it was because all of a sudden that irrational fear I had that if I had a big business that I would be exhausted was completely eliminated by logic. I knew, oh my gosh, like my business like really isn't going to take that much more time now, uh, It wouldn't take more time in the future if I had that big business than it would right now because of the systems I've implemented. So um, this is very particular to the business I'm in. But for example, I set up something called Boards and that's just an app where I pretty much (laughs) typed in scripts, tools, training, resources. I was able to punch in everything that I'm normally sending to my sales organization when they ask on a case-by-case basis. I was able to put it all inside this app and send it out to my team. So not only do they have an archive of everything that they 
need everything that I usually send out to multiple people on a regular basis but also they have the automated scripts and messages so that not only am I saving time for myself, I'm saving time for my teammate and I'm saving time for my teammates' teammates and again, my teammates because they can literally forward that exact board to their future teammates. And so not only was, I know I'm going down a rabbit hole here, but not only am I saving myself time by not having to send out or type out the same messages over and over and over again to send the same tool or find the same link or find the same resource to send to someone, but they can turn around and they have it automated for their team as well. So that, especially in a business like network marketing where your power is in duplication and and multiplication, um, that is a powerhouse because the, if you shave a, like if you shave three seconds off of a process in your business and something that happens you know a couple times a day multiplied by a team of thirty and they all have a team of thirty that's saving hours and hours and hours of every week and it's al- automatically eliminating anyone's fear that I had if anyone has it like myself. Um, it's eliminating their fear that they're going to be tired by having a big business. So that's an example. Another thing that if you follow me on, um, TikTok, you'll probably see, I just got to a point in my business where I was like, I like, I want to take full advantage of all the tools and all the resources that we have nowadays to find my business partners and my clients. Like, yes, I could do things traditionally, which in sales 10 years ago, that was getting out a phone book and literally calling people one-on-one. And yes, that absolutely works. It does work. But for me, in order to eliminate that fear that I was going to be exhausted, I knew I needed to come up with a way that was going to make that process so much easier, so much more fun, so much more effortless Um, save time, get connected with the right people who are in the right place in their life, who are literally looking for this rather than wasting time with someone who doesn't get it. If that makes sense. Like I, I didn't, to me, I would rather spend three hours talking to 300 people who were like, hi, yes, please send me more information. This is why I'm interested. This is why I need this business. How can I get started? I would rather work a crazy long day, which three hours isn't a lot, but like, you know, um, I would rather work a crazy compact day talking to the right people versus spinning my wheels, talking to someone who doesn't get it and spending, you know, even if I was spending less time, that's not a life giving practice for me. So again, in terms of just energy and maintaining my energy, I knew that I needed to come up with a business process that was going to be a lot more efficient. TikTok has been a godsend. Oh my gosh. I freaking love that app. Like if you're building a business in 2022 and you're not on TikTok, you are doing something wrong. And let me just say that my roommate actually told me a long time ago, girl, you need to look at TikTok. I like, it's the new thing. It's where things are headed. I literally downloaded the app y'all resistantly did not understand it because there was like no homepage and that really just threw me off. I couldn't get on board with it. So I deleted the app and didn't touch it again for months and then was listening to a Jesse Lee podcast and she basically said what I just told you guys. And so 
I, well, actually I was listening to Amy Griffith who directed me to Jesse Lee. But anyways, long story short, I got on TikTok. I decided to give it everything I had because I had proof of concept, which is a principle that I really try to latch onto because I know that's something that successful people do. When once they have proof of concept that something has worked for someone else, not only do they not look at it and say, oh wow, it really worked for her, good for her, sucks for me. Like, no, they're gonna they're gonna latch onto that and be like, if it if it if there's proof out there that it can work for someone, why not me? And so that's kind of the mentality. Once I had proof that TikTok was building large businesses for people very large like mind-blowingly large like I mean I can't give any income claims but like multiple six figures a month from TikTok um and this is just network marketing in general not even my company I was like okay I am on board like if if some if someone else out there is doing it then why not me and so I latched onto it. I hit the ground running. I went absolutely crazy because I have tunnel vision and just gave it everything I had. And it's been about seven months since I first started posting on the app. And I just crossed over 17,000 followers this this morning or maybe yesterday, which is super exciting and absolutely not the point because the biggest point is that I have gotten connected with people that are literally hungry and begging me for this opportunity. And that's been so life-giving and so much fun. And it's given me my energy back and again has contributed to this elimination of this fear that I wasn't going to have energy to do to maintain my business if I achieve the level that I want. Now I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is where we're going. I'm so excited. I can't wait to wake up in the morning. It's just been so fun. So all of that to say, like, if you're afraid of something, there is a smarter way. Like there is a way around it. Unless it's gravity, unless it's the gospel, it's not set in stone. And I guarantee you there's a first for everything. And quite honestly, even in my example, I wasn't the first. I just had to find, I had to do my research and find a different way that worked for me. Okay, I've decided to move to my porch because it's raining outside. So if you hear droplets in the background, that's what that is. Um, But the next thing that I want to touch on is before I get into a deeper personal example of mine, I want to share one of my friends. I will not name her. I hope she doesn't mind. Um, But I think it's just such a it's such a good example, you guys, of something that she and I were able to peel back the onion layers and figure out why this pattern pattern in her life was happening. And it's such a great example that I think is applicable to so many people, especially like, and it's a non-business example. So, um, that's really why I wanted to give it for anyone who's listening, who isn't an entrepreneur. Um, so the example that my friend and I discovered was she had been in this pattern of getting together and breaking up with her boyfriend over multiple years and after a long conversation and um, a few glasses of wine, we discovered that, and this is an absolute, it's never like, uh, like totally one reason, but um, we discovered that she had a fear of marriage. Like she says she wants marriage, right? Like she wants a family someday. She loves this man. 
but she has a fear that if she gets married, it will end in divorce just because that's what she's seen in her childhood and in her experiences growing up. And so she, not that she would say that out loud, she didn't even recognize it, but there was a part of her that when things started to go really, really well, which again goes back to what I was saying about the better things get, the more this fear of success is going to come out and play. Um, and so, oh gosh, I don't know if you guys can hear, so I'm going to walk inside. It's starting to hail. Um, so anyways, she would continue down this path. Things are going great. They are just on cloud nine. They're having so much fun growing together. And literally there is a certain point in the relationship where in my friend's subconscious mind that signals danger because that is the point in her childhood that she saw that things led to unhappiness or divorce or hurt or anything like that Um, and it's usually a very specific point which is something I didn't really um, talk about with my first personal example, but it's it's quite literally like if you saw something in your parents' relationship growing up, um, and they would be doing X Y Z, they would be going out on date nights consistently, they were laughing a lot, and then the next day they were in a fight, and then they ended up getting separated or whatever you've now associated going on lots of dates and laughing together with a potential divorce. And so it's literally that exact moment in the incline towards your goals that you're triggered and your subconscious starts to self-sabotage the relationship or whatever it is to avoid the ultimate pain that you've associated with that growth or that um, increase in happiness. So she was noticed she's noticed that at a certain point in the relationship she would get nervous subconsciously that oh my gosh things are going so well what if we end up really talking about engagement now and then what if we get married and then that means that we could get divorced and so she would literally self sabotage the the relationship and break up with him and um you know, go down the rabbit hole of this cycle of getting back together, things are going well, hitting that what's called an upper limit, which is that point that you deem as unsafe. And so she would hit that self-sabotage relationship, break up with him, and then realize, oh my gosh, I love him again. Let's keep going back and forth. So you guys get the point. Um, I'm going to ask her if I can post this. I'm going to end this clip here in case I need to delete it out. Okay, my next personal example that was really the deepest wound that I am aware of that I've been dealing with pertains to money. And I mean, I could do, I could literally write a novel on every fear, every hesitation, every bit of resistance that I personally have had towards money. And quite honestly, I believe that a lot of people have it. Um, Secrets of the Millionaire Mind was a really, really eye-opening book for me to kind of acknowledge and become aware of the fears that I had surrounding money. And um, a lot of the common reasons that people will self-sabotage their income or their spending because they are on some degree, to some degree, afraid of money. 
Okay, just to start, the first realization that I had was, again, pertaining to my childhood. And, I mean, my family is amazing. I truly believe that I've been blessed with the most incredible family. I have actually spent the past five months hanging out with my family because I am freaking love them and wouldn't trade them for anyone in the world. But as everyone does, there's hardships in childhood. There are wounds that get literally what's the word I'm looking for like um stabbed that's not the word I'm looking for but stabbed into you (laughs) that you operate with you go sometimes people go their whole life not really knowing that they're they're everything that they're perceiving and the way that they're doing life is completely tainted by events or specifically wounds from their childhood and my childhood was definitely not perfect. And I think growing up, my family was, I mean, I never went without. I never had to worry about money. I always felt very taken care of. Come on, Kyra. <laughs> One sec. I'm letting my dog in. Okay, so yes, I always felt very taken care of by my parents. Not to say I was spoiled. I most definitely wasn't. I've been working since I was 15. We lived a very frugal lifestyle because my parents were so careful with their finances, but I never even worried about it. I mean, my, my parents were great providers for me and for my siblings. And like I said, I had a lot of hardships in childhood as we all do. And I think somewhere along the line, I associated, you know, if I was feeling lonely in childhood, in my childhood, I associated that with, okay, like I'm lonely right now because me and my parents are not super close right now or there's a disconnect or we don't see eye to eye. And I kind of associated that with not having enough time or intentionality with each other because they're out working, because they're, you know, building an income for our family. And so somewhere along the line, it got tainted and I kind of associated loneliness with money and uh it was a really deep wound and it's honestly something I'm still working on and I'm sure there was a lot of instances not even just with my family that kind of kind of helped me associate I mean even you hear all the time like maybe not all the time but I'm sure you've heard um it's lonely at the top like there's all these concepts that are kind of thrown at us that help me associate money with loneliness. And again, this is where I had to, once I acknowledged that that was a problem, that that was a lie that I was believing, I had to stand back and say, is that the gospel? No. Is that like a law of nature? No. And if it's not, then that's not necessarily true. That's just the way that people have fallen into it. And I can change it. I can do something better about it. I can dream bigger. I can think outside of the box. I can work really hard to make sure that, you know, both of those, like if I have money that I'm not lonely and making sure that they're both a priority. And quite frankly, the more I've delved into it, I truly believe that people like just blindly. So for example, if someone didn't really have the fears that I had and they were like, okay, I am working really hard at growing my wealth. And so they do that. They, I swear people like almost blindly are like, okay, well now I'm at the top. Now it has to be lonely. So they, they'll start self-sabotaging and making that a self-fulfilling thing. And 
Another good example that I always think about is like people always saying, yeah, well, marriage is really hard and I'm not saying it isn't. I don't have any experience, but I think it's almost something that like we assume that has to be true about this idea. And so people almost self-inflict it. It's the weirdest thing. And so anyways, I have been in that example, I would be like, okay, well, does it have to be super hard? And again, I'm just I'm just speaking things that come out might not be true. And obviously marriage is hard work, but it's not like it has to be like not fun and toxic all the time. And like, you don't want to be with them. Like you can work at making those things not necessarily true about you and your situation. Here's a better example pertaining to marriage. I always think about people that just stop dating their spouse because it's like, well, we're married now, you know, we, (laughs) that's just not how it's done. And I'm like, why? Like, just because that's the way that you've seen things, like you're literally self-inflicting the world's problems that you see on yourself because you've accepted it as the truth. When in reality, you can continually decide, I want to continue to pursue my spouse until the day that we are both in heaven. (laughs) And so that's just a small example. But anyways, bringing it back to money, I think I had to sit down and say like, okay, this is not a law of nature. It's not an absolute truth. It's just maybe what I've seen or maybe what I've heard in my own lifetime. Um, And again, Secrets of the Millionaire Mind really, really helped me wrap my mind around the idea that There's no law that says you can't have both. There's no law. Like, obviously, I, as a Christian, believe that God is my ultimate um, dictator and what he says goes. But at the same time, that doesn't mean I need to self-sabotage the gifts that he might have been trying to give me. And I don't need to assume that if I I can choose between joy and, um, you know, a family and a happy community around me and money. Like, there's, there's no law for that. The next concept that is, I, I literally, I would be, I would go out on a limb and say that everyone struggles with this to some degree, especially within the Christian culture. Something that I really, really struggled with was this idea that, um, money is evil, which the verse says the love of money is all evil, which to be honest, I've had a hard time dissecting the two and differentiating them. But I think I was operating not only from that idea that I had been given early in childhood and then comments that I had gotten from people even at church in the most recent years or, um, you know, people always saying like, oh, the rich get richer and the poor get poorer, like all these negative connotations that come with income. And again, I am, wow, I swear this is not sponsored, but the book Secrets of the Millionaire Mind really, really helped me um, acknowledge like, okay, like take what you're thinking to an extreme and ask yourself, is that true? And so the example in the book was like, all right, well, if it's evil to have money, then just be homeless and be on the street and be another person that is needs to be tended to and provided by by someone else who's not in your family and you're ultimately contributing to the problem whereas on the other extreme you earn income maybe you make way more than you ever need or could quite frankly imagine right now 
And boom, you're now the person who has the ability to help the person on the street. And so I think it's all about perspective and absolutely money. The love of money can be evil. It absolutely, I think, like is, oh, oh, here's another good point. Okay, let me think if I can really um, get my words out about this. But something that I had to dissect was, okay, the love of money is the root of all evil, which means... All evil is rooted in the love of money, but it doesn't, you can't flip that and say, okay, all money is the root of evil, which is such a subtle distinction, but I believe, maybe just because it's what I believed, that a lot of people interpret it like that, that all money is the root of evil, when in reality, it's just a tool that God gave, like God is our ultimate provider, and he's the one that we rely on and trust in to be provided for. But money is just a tool that he gave us to do so. It's not the end being. It's not the goal. It's not the destination. It's literally just the tool that God gave. And it can absolutely be abused for evil purposes. But again, to reiterate, not all money is the root of evil. And it really is just the perspective that you look at it with. If you are looking, ooh, I really love this example. So um, at Transformation Church, I can't remember the name of the pastor, but he's amazing. Um, he talked about like really getting honest with yourself about what, why you want what you want. And in the example of money, he was like, okay, if you, if you really want the penthouse apartment and to be making $50,000 a month, and to be driving this car and your reasoning is that you want to basically stick it to that person in high school that said you would never be anything and you want to make them feel small that is so different than looking at it like oh my gosh if I'm making fifty thousand dollars a month think about what I could do for God's kingdom like think about the extra time I'm gonna have to fulfill my purposes think about how much I can literally just give away anonymously. Like I know that sounds so cheesy, but truly like even little things where you like treat a friend to dinner or leave an anonymous gift or like, I don't know if you guys follow all of those things on TikTok and Instagram where people are just like randomly giving money away. That's like, if that doesn't get you teary eyed and super excited, I don't know what will. <laughs> and there's so many different ways that God, like God has different purposes and gifts for all of us. But I think like if, if, if you really, really think about what you could do with money, um, not only for your family and for the things that, you know, God has given us all different little things that we want and that's okay. And of course, if you're willing to sacrifice God's commands to get to them, that's when it becomes really dangerous. But it, just because you want a nice car or a nice apartment, like that's not inherently evil. Like God his first command to us before the fall was to go and to subdue and to take rule of the land and to bring order to chaos, which is in God's nature and we are made in his image. And so I think those desires are sometimes deemed as unholy or selfish or whatever when in reality, if you're submitting it to God and saying, hey, you're way above all else, but this is where my desire is. And if that's not what you ultimately want for me, then change that desire and mold me, make me new and set my intentions somewhere else. But I think that, you know, it's a, it's just a part of the blessings that we get as creatures of God's creation. Um, and then also, like I just 
kind of tried to magnify there's such a difference between looking at it like I can't wait to stick it to this person and make him feel less than because he doesn't have what I have versus getting really really excited about what you could do with extra tools and extra resources I mean scripture literally says to whom much is given much will be required and I think when you look about it look at it like that and really lean into the tools and passions that God has given you, I don't see how you could not get excited about, um, you know, working hard to have extra to then be in a resource and of love and resources and finances for other people. Okay, to bring this back to this idea of fear of success, there was a part of me that was holding myself back from the goals that I said I wanted in my business, financially speaking, because I don't want to be evil. I don't want to not be in accordance with God's will for me. I don't want people to perceive me as evil. I don't want to do any harm. I don't want to be unfair, whatever it was. All of these subliminal messages that I had received and instilled into my brain have were holding me back from going after the goal. So let's say in this example, I'm afraid of of achieving X number of dollars of income in a month because then that means I'm evil. And so although I'm saying I want to achieve that and I know that I need to, you know, wake up at this time every day and get XYZ done, I will self-sabotage. I won't do it. I'll come up with excuses. I will have honestly legitimate reasons that I can't. But I know full well that when I've had goals that I truly genuinely was unafraid of, there was nothing that was going to stop me from achieving those goals, literally nothing. And so when you pull that apart, it's like, okay, there's a reason that it's so hard and it feels like pulling teeth to achieve my goal. And it was because there was this subliminal fear that if I got what I wanted, I would be evil. Okay, so as always, this episode has been a hot mess and a half, but the key takeaways that I want you to contemplate are asking yourself, hey, if there's something that I'm telling myself that I want and I don't have it, hypothetically, if it were to come true, what would, I, what would terrify me about that? What really deep down, if I were to ask myself, kind of scares me about achieving that goal And then I want you to go backtrack and question whether or not that's an absolute law of nature or whether that's just something that you've seen in America or in your hometown or in your household or even just something that um, you created within yourself. And if it's not an absolute law of nature, just know you can change it and you can mold it. And God has called us, like we just said, to be creators and to take rule and take dominion of our minds and to bring order to chaos on this earth. And so be a pioneer for change of something that you may have never seen before, but if it's not the gospel, it can change. And um, I just think that's a really beautiful part of why God has us on this earth and not, he didn't just say, okay, well, I created you, now you're in heaven. Like there is work to be done here. And a part of his beautiful design was for us to do it and for you to lean into your tugs and your passions and your thoughts and to bring order to chaos. And so not only can you, by doing that, solve some of the things that you might be seeing and solve some of the hurts that you're feeling in your life, but then you can turn around and pass it on to others. So um, another good tip is to just watch out for those specific trigger points on the way to success that are triggering you to self-sabotage. It usually happens at a certain point within every cycle of every subject. 
look for the points where you're like, ah, this is starting to feel too good. If I keep, if I keep, you know, progressing in my business, I'm going to have this much money. And do I know how to manage money? Um, maybe it's in that example, maybe it's a certain income level every single month in your business, or maybe it's a certain, you know, feeling that you get when you're with your partner that could, in that example I gave with my friend, it could end up being like, okay, now we're going to get married and marriage could lead to divorce. So identify those trigger points, identify what the ultimate fear is and the ultimate lie that you are believing that's holding you back from the life that God wants you to have and change it, question it, think about what could change in the situation and how you can think outside the box to create a better version.